0: You are listening to Musings with Ministry, part of the 1830 Podcast Network. Find us easily by searching 1830 Podcast Network directly in the Apple Podcasts app, Google Podcasts app, or the Spotify app. Also visit us at facebook.com forward slash 1830 Podcast Network for more information. Episode 2. Today's guest is Apostle Jeff Oldham.
1: Jeff, welcome in. (laughs) Hey, hi, Cody.
0: This is great. Yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me. No,
1: you bet. I appreciate this opportunity.
0: No, this is so. One thing that I am excited about is we can take this podcast, and, and we had done a previous um, Musings with Ministry with uh, David Rudd. I think it will work to, um, it just feels familiar when you can sit down with someone and listen to them. Yeah. And you can, it just feels like they're talking to you directly, even though you're not having a conversation.
1: Yeah. So the, the crazy part is you had success with David's yes. and now, you know, you would go from the high to the low. So <laughs> okay. the high was David. The sad part was, was David called me out in the uh, podcast and, and said that, uh, I had to be, they, he wanted me to do one. So, uh, you know, now I can't call David out. You yeah. know, we have to go to somebody else now after that.
0: It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, uh, paying it forward or, pa- or passing the <laughs> baton a little bit. Right. The buck absolutely does not stop here. That's it's going right. to go to someone else. It keeps else. going. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll, we'll build in time for that to see who, who we can call out, to you know, peer pressure into getting onto the podcast now. There you go. Yeah. Which is awesome. But anyways, really thank you for sitting down and doing this. And, um, I hope we can continue to do this. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I started out a David Rudd's podcast by asking him, about his baptism. Okay. And I think it's a natural starting point because it is, in my opinion, a place where it's like the start of a journey yeah. and you can start there. And I was wondering if you could talk about that a little yeah, bit.
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, actually it's funny, Cody, because I, I listened to that podcast that you recorded with David mm-hmm. and uh, I remember you asking him the question, and he immediately jumped in with the answer. He knew that he was nine years old, or he remembered immediately. And I, I actually had to sit there and think, and I'm I'm not one. David is one of these guys that he's got an awesome memory, and, and uh, I don't have that same ability. And I had to think about it, but, you know, the more and more I thought about it was that I want to say I was around 12 years old. And I, I do specifically remember it was at a time when – uh, fairly young and in, in, or almost brand new in young peoples. Uh, I remember that was kind of that twelve years old was that point where you could start going to young peoples. And and uh, I, I remember it was kind of around that time. And I remember uh, specifically the the baptism. I remember that uh, you know my dad was the one who who had baptized me, Elder Bob Oldham, and, and uh, I remember being at the East Local and, and I still see that being downstairs at the baptismal fountain, actually standing up and before going down in the waters and actually giving my testimony of that, why I, I wanted to be baptized. And so I, I think that's a long way to answer is I think it was around 12 years old, but I, I, while I don't remember the specific age, I do specifically remember that day and that experience.
0: No that that's great. And, and that's perfect and exactly exactly uh, right in line with uh, with the question. And the one thing I want to go off that, and maybe it's an offshoot of where I wanted to take this, but it, it brought this to mind. You said that your dad baptized you., yeah. Is that something that having a a a parent in the ministry, do you think that had more? do you think that influenced your decision to get baptism or is it to get baptized, excuse me? Or is that something that you had to come to um, c- come to that decision on your own? I, I'm not, nece- not, nece- not necessarily saying there was pressure to get baptized at all, but to kind of have that resource there and, and go to your dad and be able to talk to him about it and have that comfort level. Do you think this was something that you, you had to, you know, as a 12-year-old decide, I want to do this and I can make this decision and, and I know that this is going to set me up for... Uh, success for the rest of my life or or this is going to influence my life or is this something where you went to your dad and said is this the right time like was this more of an independent or kind of a collaborative yeah so that's
1: a really good question and and I so there's a couple uh, you know there's kind of the long way to answer that and and ultimately you know my dad was always the guy and frankly still is the guy when I'm thinking about something or when I'm kind of um, really trying to I think by talking and and you know I'm one that uh, I'm not the more silent person. I'm the one who probably is. I'm going to talk to somebody to think through it. And ultimately, my dad was that sounding board, but my parents were never the pressure me to be baptized. You know, interestingly, I remember, and, and I distinctly remember, you know, my friends at the, that, that I was running around with was Greg Brickhouse and Kyle Temple. And, and all of us were kind of around that same age growing up together. And I remember, you know, that was a decision that I remember talking to them about more than I talked to my dad about. But when I was thinking about it, it was the time that really, uh, you know, I would go to my dad and tell him what I was thinking about, or tell him that, you know, this is my thought. And, and my parents, you know, of course, they always wanted me to be baptized, but they never pressured me into that. And and I think it's the, you know, interestingly, the one that probably had the influence, uh, uh, the one person who gave me lessons or at least kind of encouraged us in that was as much Randy Sheldon as it was my parents, you know, Randy Sheldon was my Sunday school teacher. He was my, uh, for a long period of my life, he was the youth group, uh, leader, he and Becky. And so, you know, it was as much, you know, the, the lessons from Randy that, that, you know, while absolutely my parents helped plant that seed and my parents were that sounding board as I would think through things, But it was, you know, it was really, it was, and and Randy's a passionate guy and I I love and respect him for that. And I love, you know, the service that Randy and Becky did in my youth in, in that influence that they left really helped plant that seed for me.
0: No. Yeah. um, That's, that's absolutely amazing. And you sparked a thought in my mind. And you said, Randy, and you said, uh, you know, having a lot of part in taking part in the youth activities and being kind of that yeah. mentor. Can you, what are some of those experiences you draw on or you can remember? Uh, not, and not necessarily about Randy specifically yeah, yeah. but maybe just like at that time in your youth.
1: Yeah, so I you know I, I, I think a, a couple things. So one is again is that you know uh, while my dad was always that sounding board I specifically remember my dad and I were driving on a going we were going on a fishing trip actually we were going down to Bennett Springs and I remember riding I specific still remember the truck my dad had and 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 having those driving conversations about that. But then go into that that question, you know, really that that Randy uh, that influence that Randy and Becky had, you know, I, I, you know, I think there were people, and I remember Randy and and really uh, sometimes Randy's kids, Tabitha and Luke, telling me that, you know, the time when I was coming up as a teenager was kind of the highlight of the Young People's. That was probably the strongest, uh, you know, in a long time that the Young People's had been, and and there was a real. Uh, there was a strength in numbers and there were a lot of us and and we took a bus trip you know and we we had those times where you know i think what was awesome for us and and frankly it's probably why I've been so passionate about youth camp through the years was been because of that experience that I had as a young teenager, you know, those friendships. I remember, and I distinctly remember, you know, uh, I got into a lot of trouble with Kyle and Greg and all of us, you know, David Taylor and, and uh, you know, Bobby Olson and, and Dean Olson. I mean, and Michelle and Amy, we were all in that same age and we were all getting in trouble. But I also remember a time when, I want to say it was Ray Hunholtz had gone into the hospital and, and Ray was having an issue. And I remember we were in those young teen years, and I remember being at my mom and dad's house, and I remember all of us kneeling down in a season of prayer. And, and you know, I, I, I what I remember is the fun and the craziness and the times that we were getting in trouble and, you know, Randy taking us out on a trip and telling us that, you know... It, <laughs> You know, you don't need showers and, you know, you can just be, you know, playing mumbly peg with knives and throwing them at each other's feet, you know, and all of those things that our mothers would cringe at, you know, but also it was that that those lessons of when something was going on is kneel down in prayer and 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 for me anyway. Uh, while my spiritual life ebbed and flowed of times of strength and times of weakness, there was absolutely times where I distinctly remember those lessons that were taught to me.
0: Have Were you able to take those lessons, those experiences, and directly translate them into your time as director of the teen camp here in the United States?
1: Yeah, you know, so um, <laughs> so... I I would say that you know first off um, you know the the I loved the time that Michelle and I had the chance to serve and and that was a service that we loved doing and and,
0: and how many years did you do that
1: so total I want to say it was around twenty five years wow that okay. we were that we were involved one way or another you know both started off as camp counselors and and frankly that was always my favorite you know role was to be a camp counselor there's nothing better than to have You know, young guys, Tony, uh, Adam, you know, Chad, all these young guys be a part of my cabin, Cody, you know, all these guys that Trevor that I had this opportunity to 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 be a kid with. And and honestly, then, as I kind of got the opportunity to serve in a role where taking, you know, Michelle and I as the camp directors, you know, the, the spiritual growth was vital, but also I wanted to, and I was pretty passionate about, and I still am that, you know, how do we have fun as we grow in our spiritual lives? You know, the, the times that we could be out there and just launching water balloons, you know, at at a very unsafe distance. Uh, but the times (laughs) that we had, you know, the, the fun that we had together in a spiritual setting and in a, in a way that we could, be apart from the world, that we could be crazy and stupid in a clean, uh, safe way that, you know, I mean, to me that was the best part of that. And frankly, that was those lessons that I remember from Randy. Randy was, you know, he was a guy that, that pounded in us. You know, I remember one time I made a stupid mistake in a Sunday school class and I said a cuss word in a Sunday school class <laughs> and, and it was a stupid mistake. And, and, and I I remember the look that I got from Randy, you know, and, and, you know, Randy, that lesson was that even in our stupidity, how he could coach us and guide us. And the same thing in my parents. You know, I remember multiple times where I just did absolutely stupid things but that the love that they conveyed to me you know and I think that's the example of Christ in, in those people's lives that that had such an influence on my life is what carried over into what do I want to be as I grow up?
0: Yeah were there individuals? Outside of your parents or Randy, or uh, that maybe you looked up and and held up as an example for you to um, for you to kind of maybe not meet because I know Christ is the ultimate example, but maybe people that you respected and respected their opinion and their behaviors, and you are an apostle, and I'm sure that there are those who look at you you know in the same light that maybe you looked at others, and so uh, when you are when you are going about. Your daily your daily life or when, when you're interacting with those, Do you think back to the people that you looked up to and and maybe think to yourself and, and maybe it's not it's not so much of an issue of this much of self-awareness. Yeah. but think that you know I could, uh, m- maybe just by me being who I am, can be an example to other people, like others were examples to me.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I use the example with people at work, and 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 I'll get to your answer, but I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna start off by saying it this way. You know, I started off, and and uh, I look back, and uh, you know, I've had uh, multiple different jobs through my career, and one of the jobs I, I worked for a company for. Um, I, I was in the business basically, whether I was directly working for the company or kind of as a as a partner in for 21 years you know and I said that I never had a bad boss in all of those experiences and and while not every boss was always the best it's what I learned from each of them and it, and it's the same thing I would say in my spiritual life you know there are individuals you know no doubt like I like you said you know besides my dad my dad was definitely you know a huge influence in my life and and I jokingly tell my dad, you know, it's it's the good things that he taught me and the bad things that I that I wanted to avoid as I grew up. And and so, it's the same thing. You know, there are there's a handful of men and and really men and women who had a huge influence in my life. And and uh, you know, not not in any order of importance, but you know, one very influential person in my life was my grandma Nast. And you know, she's one that uh, you know I, I remember. I only got really in trouble from Grandma Nast one time, and and but the lessons, you know, the the coaching and the guidance that she gave me in my life, you know, the dri- setting in her house and or the driving down the road and the lessons that she gave, you know, uh, growing up. Don Macandrew stayed in our house, and and when he would come to conference or come to reunion and and i just love to set and listen to the stories of don McIndoe and that influence that he had you know the 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 stories of faith and the stories of him going to mexico as a young missionary and and you know really Um, facing unbelievable challenges and knowing, you know, those are some of those lessons in faith, you know, Um, you know, our, our brother Buzz Brickhouse and, you know, growing up with Greg Brickhouse, he and I were close friends and got into a lot of trouble. And I remember one time Greg and I, Greg was driving and, and uh, we ended up hitting, you know, Greg's car hit another car. And, and I remember, you know, the, the, greg calling his dad and the first thing that buzz said is are you guys okay right it wasn't are you kidding me are you guys stupid (laughs) right it was are you okay right and and those are the lessons you know nicholas denham and the the lessons that he gave me i remember he tutored me in math and 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 it was the example that he gave you know the you know clearly nicholas was a very very smart individual and 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 his patience with me he taught me patience you know and and so uh, many, many times, and 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 one that you know very well is is my uncle Frank, your grandfather, and you know, and and he was one that that taught me. You know, I, I remember one time I made a decision. We were Michelle and I were involved in with camp, and we had made a decision, and and we stuck with that decision. And I remember my uncle Frank coming up to me afterwards and saying, you know, I I don't know that I would have made that same decision you made, Jeff, and and and. <laughs> But his love, you know, he didn't tell me I was stupid. He didn't tell me, you know, that, that I was – he just said I would have done that differently. And and that, that to me, is that, you know, Alvin Harris and, and him greeting me as a young man and shaking my hand, you know, on and on and on. And I can go person after person in the influence that they had, and I'm thankful for that influence. You know, for me anyway, it wasn't just that – Person that stood up behind the pulpit and delivered this sermon. It was the person who approached me, even in my my youth, and said, "You know, how are you doing?" and 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 coaching me and and challenging me. And and you know, for me, uh, that is you know my desire and goal is that you know the you know Joel Yates uses a phrase. He says, "You know, the youth of the church is is not the future. It's today." And, and I think that is so prevalent in my mind, is that opportunity that we have to connect with the youth of our church. And, and frankly, those were the influential times in my life when many of those men and women had such a great influence on me.
0: Yeah, and kind of shifting gears here for a bit, because you know, you're talking about those influences that you've had. You've seen uh, individuals that have influenced you All have their different talents or their abilities, um, you know, or or even degrees of approachableness or, or, uh, you know, maybe some of them are are really good at at speaking or maybe some of them set an example in a more quiet way, uh, you know, just in the way they carry themselves and through listening through some of the podcasts that have already been put up on the network and, and listening to interviews done there is a, a common theme or thread that seems to take place in all the in throughout all the ones where uh, ministry are speaking about themselves and their history and that that uh being a minister requires you at some point to step outside of your comfort zone yeah. can you uh maybe talk about some time or like an experience where you've had to step outside of your comfort zone as serving as a minister?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of it is, is the, um, it's, you know, it's almost everything that I have to step out of my comfort zone. You know, I, I consider myself a fairly confident person or if, you know, if you were to come to work with me and you see me interact as a leader within the business, you know, that I'm a part of, it's, it's, you know, it's the, I remember there were times and I and I see this both in my my spiritual life as well in my my professional life is that, you know, there's times where in, in jobs where I, I think I'll wake up in the morning and I think, you know, some point they're gonna realize that I'm not, you know, I'm not that, right? And and I think, you know, really it's it's my spiritual life, you know, I I am confident in what I believe and and I know where my faith is and I know where my, you know, I know where that um you know my faith in Christ and the direction that Christ that that Christ gives you know i'm i'm thankful for that but you know where i have to step out of my box is is that i, I don't consider myself a smart person and so you know i believe that ultimately that that uh you know I, i'm going to make up for that lack of intelligence through my willingness to work and and that's where i step out of that comfort you know i I, um, you know, my dad is great at going and knocking on a door and traveling halfway across the world. Your grandfather, your grandfather, Roger Bruner, you know, he loves to jump in his truck and take a trip and he's taking you on some of those trips. And, and, you know, for me, I, I don't enjoy that knocking on the door and going into that unknown situation. I like to be in control, right? I like to know what I'm doing. And, and so for me, those, I learned from those individuals to be better at that.
0: So, okay. Uh, uh.
1: Along these same
0: lines, I know you have traveled overseas, and I know that you've um, uh, you know preached sermons to to individuals uh, very far outside of the United States. So, one or the other, which one is more uncomfortable for you? Preaching to a packed house during conference, or traveling overseas and preaching to a very smaller, uh, I would say, congregation or group of people, but in a but having that sermon. Translated to a different language.
1: Yeah, so you, so it's funny you ask that because you and I both went to the Philippines. Uh, in fact, Cody, I've recently found the picture of um, that you took of yeah. Uncle Frank and I standing next to the Jolly Bee, <laughs> right? And <laughs> right. and I have that on my phone. I save that, you know, and it, and it's. I, I would tell you that I would rather be in the foreign, local. I'd rather be in the Philippines, standing up in front, having a sermon delivered because. I feel like that I can relate better to those that are young in the gospel than to stand up in front of a packed house, you know, a packed yeah. uh, temple lot building and because there are so many people that are so much smarter and stronger in the gospel, I believe. You know, it, you know for me, it's, it's a very simple message. And you and I were talking about this before we even got started here today. You know, to me, the, the lessons that we see, the teachings of Christ is simple there's a lot of people and i'm thankful that there's a lot of smart people that understand how to go much further in depth to the gospel. and i'm thankful for the people that have that talent and ability. but for me in my simple mind, it's a very simple gospel and that is, you know, the the love of Jesus Christ and that lesson that he taught when he was here on earth and and the lesson, you know, as i think about, you know, probably one of the, you know, i think about the lessons of of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or of Daniel in the lions' den, or you know, even the the story of uh, you know, the story of of um, I, I mean, you could take story after story. For me, I learned through those stories as I remember going through and teaching the Book of Mormon to the boys, and I remember you know we lived away, and so we would do our own Sunday school lessons, you know. And, and Abinadi, you know, that story of Abinadi in the Book of Mormon and that lesson that, you know, he burned, right? He died. and and But it was through those stories that I learn, and that continues to reinforce that importance of the gospel for me.
0: Now, you did mention that uh, you were away and uh, there, there was time when you were more isolated. Uh, both of us have grown up in the church. I've never— experience that and but what is what is the difference the main difference between um, going from you know where you can attend a local at every church service that you want to and have the ability to interact with your brothers and sisters at any point uh, to being isolated yeah yeah
1: So, you know, it was probably for me, it was probably the best lesson in my life or one of the great lessons in my life is that, and and Michelle and I, so, you know, from a personal standpoint, uh, you know, Michelle and I living here in Kansas City area, you know, we grew up with our parents 10 minutes away and her parents 10 minutes away. We have awesome parents or, you know, my, my mother and father and my mother-in-law and father-in-law, just awesome people. And we love to spend time with them, you know, but. We were spoiled you know we had unlimited babysitters and we had you know i i you know you and i both grew up in big families and you know you look around the church building and we're related to half the people right and so we've got an unlimited supply of babysitters and it was the same thing you know as my kids were young you know when we moved to iowa the first time braden was two years old and and you know so trent was four he had already been going to Bible school and going to Sunday school. Well, you know, for me, it was easy because someone else was teaching my boys. Yeah. But when we moved away, it was on me, right? It was on Michelle. And 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 so that was probably the lesson that, that forced me to really dive in and, and do more on my own because I had to, you know— if not me, then who, right? There was no one else. And when I lived, and not, and not that, you know, I wanted to move away. Living at home is awesome, and I love being back today. Right. But I can tell you that lesson was a, a, a great lesson for Michelle and I because we had to learn how to depend on ourselves to be that, and, and depend on Christ, but to be that Sunday school teacher, to be that one that was providing that lesson for our children.
0: When you're up front preaching a sermon, doesn't matter what local, doesn't matter how many people, what is the degree of comfortability that you feel by seeing the feedback of people's faces? Do you pay attention to people when you're preaching a sermon? Yeah. Do you just do you just uh, you know um, kind of block it out? Yeah, how, you know, how-
1: yeah, I know. So it's it's horrible, and and I'm uh, <laughs> so I I you know I do a lot of presentations for my job, and yeah. I um, you know when I do a presentation, I I do whatever I can to get group interaction. Right, I love you know, I'll ask the question, does this make sense? Or are you following me? Or do you see, you know, I I want to see the reaction. And and I can tell you that it is extremely difficult to stand up in front and there's limited reaction. And so even to the point where I, I probably, the more and more, you know, the more and more I do it, the more and more I just try to get some sort of action or reaction or, you know ask the question you know i love to ask questions when i'm doing it and i think i remember so the lesson for me was um margaret gill um glenn's uh wife you know donald's mom that you know she's now passed away but you know i remember one time i was at the temple lot and i was delivering i was relatively young in the gospel and new and, and delivering an early sermon up there. And I remember apologizing for something, you know, I said something and apologized or I, I, I apologized. And I remember her coming up to me afterwards saying, you know, you don't have to apologize. Right. She was, and, and so for me, I love feedback. You know, it's just like that lesson of those people, those influential people in my lives. You know, when uncle Frank told me I would have done that decision differently, I'm thankful because I want that feedback. I need that feedback. And I think it's the same thing is that, you know, I think that, um, let's not, you know, in the church, let's not become so rigid that we don't, you know, if, if, you know, the, the person that's standing up front needs that interaction, at least when I'm standing up front, please interact. Cause I need that.
0: That's, that's really interesting. And I think we have seen, uh, there are individuals who like to elicit feedback, you know, or, get, right. or, or call on you, you know, right, yeah. right. <laughs> and, and so who don't. So, I mean, this is great. Uh, and not to shift gears too much, yep. but I wanted to get your opinion and your take on something. Okay. As an apostle, what role does the Church of Christ play in today's world
1: or society? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a tough question.
0: And maybe, maybe it's a little too broad, but it just just in your opinion, is there is there a very specific role that the Church of Christ should play
1: or is currently playing or maybe needs to be playing? Yeah, so the, I, I think that's a good question, and it's a tough one. But, and I, you know, here is where this is the intimidating question because I know there's a lot of people that would answer this question so much better than I would. But I, I would just tell you that I think, um, you know— it, you heard musings with ministry. The The previous one that you did was with David Rudd. And and I think that, it, you know, uh, uh, David has a line that he uses, or he, he shares this a lot with us, you know, in the local, and he says, you know, we are to be that light. And, you know, I, I think that light, that is our responsibility. We are to be that light, you know. And there's times when our light is burning bright and it's strong, and there's times when our our light is weak. And, and I think that, you know, we're going through a lot within um, somewhat of a, a a transformation or a change, and there's a lot of, you know, it's scary to me. There's a lot of people within the church that I grew up with. You know, think about the names that I talked about that are no longer here. You know, Nicholas Denham. You know, Frank Fan. You know, these ministry that were. Uh, leaders in their own right, and in leading us, and and so there is a real transition, and and I get excited, Cody, quite frankly, because you're a part of that next generation that's coming in, and I think that, you know, it's the things that um, I'm thankful for that, you know, if it was on me to do something, I, I I'm I'm weak, I can't do that, but when I've got guys like yourself or or individuals that you know the friendships and the bond that I can draw on that strength and then i can go do whatever is needed to be done and so i think you know that's a long way around to say i think it's it's important for us to recognize our role is to be that light and and there's things that we're not going to like there's things that we can influence that we can't influence but what we can influence is the light you know the the we are to be that that candle that's lit and 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 hopefully continue to strengthen that light that we provide
0: I appreciate that, and i I think I saved the hardest question for last. There, so now, now we're at the thirty minute mark. So now I'll give you now I'll give you the time here. Call somebody out who needs to be doing this next, and and you got called out on the first one. It's we're gonna keep this trend going until we
1: we hit every minister in the Church of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, you know, there's uh, there's a ton of them, and and the one that I want to call out is. Um, you know he's he's done a podcast um on the donkey yeah the donkey yep. and yep. uh and you know i was going to call out steven and and i was going to call out brandon now yeah. now uh daniel did record brandon yes and uh and steven has recorded the donkey but i i really think you know i want to call out steven i think um i you know it, it, actually steven and i lived in iowa down the street from each other and and it, you know it's And while our relationship built there, it's even built as we get older and and that friendship and that bond that, you know, it's the, you know, both of those guys, Brandon and Steven, I want to specifically call them out. And while they've done some recordings, I want to hear their sermon and I want to hear their musing with you as well.
0: Perfect. And just for the record, that is priest Stephen Kimball, <laughs> just for that he hears it correctly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And elder Brandon Tarbaugh. Yes. And, and so I'm calling elder two. Brandon. Yes. Okay. Right.
1: You know, David called one. Yeah. I'm calling two. Yeah. It's time to
0: step up to the plate. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you seriously for sitting down. 30 minutes flew by. This was great. And, um, uh, I really do appreciate the, the feedback and the time and, Getting Stephen and Brandon on board, too. That That's right. Good. That's right. All right. Well, anyways, thank you very much, Jeff. Yep. I appreciate it. Thanks, Cody. I'm your host, Cody Fan, and this has been Musings with Ministry on the 1830 Podcast Network.